It's time to heed the call of the wild and seek the higher calling. Higher Calling Gulf Coast is the inspirational voice of Gulf Coast fishing and conservation. Hosted by award-winning wildlife journalist, conservationist, and flounder revolutionary, Chester Moore. Be ready for a relentless pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of fishing adventure. Welcome to Higher Calling Gulf Coast. This is Chester Moore. This is the final installment of our seven-part saga, the speckled trout saga here at Higher Calling Gulf Coast, focusing on speckled trout and particularly focusing on big trophy-sized speckled trout. Thank you for the incredible feedback. Be getting all kinds of feedback on this. People excited about such an in-depth trout series. And when you follow this podcast, whether you follow the Higher Calling Gulf Coast side or follow the Higher Calling Wildlife side, you're going to get really in-depth information. We appreciate you guys subscribing to this podcast. And today, we're going to focus on some unique studies that I've uncovered over the years on speckled trout. One of the things I pride myself on is that I have spent a lot of time examining doctoral papers, uh, research papers, all kinds of studies on every kind of fish that I pursue, wildlife. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time reading and digging through this stuff, and it's, it's not exactly the easiest reading in the world. Um, sometimes I go to the synopsis and look for particular things that stand out. Sometimes I have to dig through the whole thing before I find something, right? But today we're going to unveil some of these things, and we're going to uh, look at this I'm going to read through some of these really interesting facts, and then I'm going to break down how it can help you catch more big trout. Here's one that just blew my mind, and uh, it's from the great researchers at Louisiana State University. They said trout are not big on migration, but there's some movement between the nearshore gulf and the southern tier of bay and channel systems. Researchers at LSU say, get ready for this, the biggest trout Underline that in your head. The biggest trout are found in the Gulf, particularly during summer and fall. Nearshore oil and gas platforms, as well as boat wrecks, can house true monsters. And this one is interesting to me. LSU says the biggest trout are found in the Gulf, particularly during summer and fall. Now, this is not for the entire Gulf Coast. Certain areas where you have the ability for those trout to trade between bay and gulf. But it's also interesting that in the later summer and fall period, your extra big fish seem to be a lot harder to find. Maybe many of them are in the gulf. And I have said on early editions of this program that I believe the state record trout could very well be somewhere off the Texas coast around an oil rig or maybe a wreck. So you might want to think about, when you have the opportunity, being able to retool your fishing efforts for looking for truly big trout around rigs, around jetties, especially jetties like Galveston and Sabine that go pretty far out to the Gulf. We're talking like on Sabine's side, three miles, and I forget how long it's longer, the Galveston North Jetty, for example. So think about those big fish proven and scientists saying the biggest trout live in the Gulf, in summer, and in fall. Here's another interesting one that kind of partners with this. According to Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, speckled trout spend most of their lives within five miles of where they were born. 
Nearly 90% of all fish recovered in a tagging program came from the same bay in which they were tagged. While many trout move into deeper water during colder weather, for example, there's no scientific evidence of like a mass migration of the Gulf in the winter. And you notice the LSU study said the bigger trout in summer and fall. And if you think about the link here, a lot of the biggest fish are records. A lot of them have come from the winter and the biggest monster catches in that winter period. And, if, and as a matter of fact, if you listen to episode six, Bruce Schuler talked about he liked a particular kind of weather in January and February for his best big trout fishing. So is this study with Texas Parks and Wildlife saying that there is no big migration in winter? If you look at LSUs, is, is there perhaps more movement than we think of some maybe some of these bigger fish that live on the southern tier of the bay systems into the Gulf of Mexico. A five-mile shot is about, about what it would take for most um, of our speckled trout that are live on the very southern tier to enter the Gulf. In some bay systems, it would be a whole lot closer than that. If you look at areas like Laguna Madre, it's right there. I mean, the Gulf's right there. If it's Sabine Galveston further up. But I really wanted to focus on this a little bit and make you think differently about where you can go fish for speckled trout. Here's one that I believe with 100% clarity. Salinity can be a factor in locating trophy trout. No doubt about this. Researchers of the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission have found that adult trout tend to prefer water that is close in salinity to seawater over brackish water. So in spring fishing, for example, we have a lot of runoff on, in Louisiana, the upper coast, and if you have a whole lot of rain, you can have a lot of runoff even down in Lower Madre and, of course, places in Florida. Looking for the areas with more salinity, which also makes sense as to why you have so many fish in deeper water during the late spring. The reef, for example, at Sabine Lake on Mesquite Point is one of the deeper spots on the lake. It's also right there by the channel. The deeper water, the salt water stays on the bottom more, and that's a place you're going to have a better chance of finding big fish. So salinity, look for areas of salinity. I wouldn't even, you know, I wouldn't even balk at the idea of bringing something to read salinity. But just knowing the southern tier of systems are going to be saltier than the northern tier, looking for those pockets where deeper water can be, that can make a big difference right there. And I really believe that. It's been said that bonefish provide us practice. Tarpon provide us excitement. Permit provide us humility. But what can we provide them in return for so enriching our lives? Our support for the science behind the fight. Our support for Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Please join us today at BTT.org. The species well-being depends on it. A study in Barataria Bay is really interesting. That's in Louisiana. It concluded larger trout are most likely to be found over shell or soft mud bottom when the temperature is 75 degrees or higher. Does that mean they're on sand, rock, and shell in the winter? I don't know, but think about this. A study in the Louisiana Bay says larger trout are most likely to be found over shell or soft mud bottom when the temperature is above 75 degrees. So when you're out looking, Look for this. You know, I know we love to talk about hot spots on, you know, fishing podcasts and radio shows. I don't do hot spots at all. I think hot spots are almost a waste of time. I want to learn patterns. 
And I want this in-depth research because if the hot spot that we have is covered up with fishermen, but you can find something with the same pattern, for example, if you find something with that shell or soft mud bottom in a bay where it's a lot different, then boom, I know, a lot. well, I've never fished there, but look, I can go over there. There might be a big trout. So that's something I believe we got to look at a little closer. Some of these various obscure bits of information can change your trout fishing. Now, this is one that I'm trying to dig a lot more into. That is the visual part of trout fishing. Trout have a layer of tissue that allows them to see in low light conditions and be superior night fitters. Fishing the pre-dawn hours and using lures or baits with luminescent quality can work pretty good. I know people have done that before. Um, but also, sometimes the silhouette, like Bruce Schuler talked about in the last show, can be really killer. And one of the best bites in the surf is pre-dawn. The best bite for trout, often at the jetties, on topwaters at jetties, can be very early on, sometimes an hour before daylight. And they are excellent feeders, and I think people miss this time frame for fishing for trout. We go around piers and fish for trout because delights attract trout. But for really big fish, targeting some of these other areas because they have this incredible ability. And, you know, Mark Nichols talked about it on episode five where he talked about seeing him in super shallow water at night. Thinking about this ability for a trout to see in low light conditions can really add to your trout fishing. Sagittae are the sound receptors in fish, and trout have really big ones, by the way. They are very keen to sounds made by humans and other fish. So throwing a lure delicately and working lures and popping corks in a fashion mimicking natural sounds can go a long way to helping anglers catch more big, wary trout. My favorite trout setup of all time is a Paradise Popper from Bomber Saltwater Grade. And my very favorite trout setup of all time is a bomber saltwater grade popping cork with a gulp under it or soft plastic, depending on where I'm going to be. It may be a curl tail. It may be a uh, what's old cocoa minnow, which is basically a swim bait, shrimp certain times a year, really big shrimp. And that thing sounds like a little trout up top feeding. And big trout feed on little trout. They also feed on sand trout. So being able to mimic that ties into this idea of, of, of trout having a lot of audio aspect of their feeding. So just consider that. And also consider being very wary. Uh, people are, are very cautious when they're in the shallows looking for redfish. Be every bit as cautious when you're in the shallows looking for speckled trout. Um, and this goes into casting, you know. Uh, make long, delicate cast because you might spook that big trout that you throw on top of. And I was in Colorado fishing for a rain and, rainbow and brown trout. And although they're different fish, the fish would see us and leave. I believe more speckled trout hear and see us and leave than we ever think. So especially when we're making a lot of clunky noise in a boat or just kind of running through an area wade fishing. You know, got to be very, very... Very serious about these things. Um, you know, trout have a keen sense of smell and taste, which work together. And being able to make the right connection when they take a lure is important. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons gulp is so incredible, because it has that natural 
pheromones or whatever they put in that stuff, whatever that gulp juice is, right, to make a big difference. And you can catch really big trout on that. But being able to um, mimic the the right smells and things has been a trick a lot of anglers have done over the years. I know guys who have uh, uh, watched a guy take uh, brine shrimp and he would grind it up and he would leave his soft plastic shrimp in brine shrimp and it had that smell. Uh, I know people have dipped them in Midhaven oil. There's all kinds of different scents and things over the years. So find something that works for you and experiment with it. It's definitely not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt you at all. And one of the things, if you look at the whole life cycle the speckled trout is, I mean, all fish are pretty much like this in the fact that they get less aggressive, um, more picky on what they eat as they grow older. But I believe probably more than any of the fish that we pursue on the Gulf Coast, regular fish, and I'm talking about like in areas of the Gulf Coast and the Keys where you have permit and stuff like that. Talking about red specks, flounder, black drum, sheep's head, that kind of stuff. I really do believe that the speckled trout, as they mature, become the smartest of all these fish. And that's why I want you to be able to tune into this program. Because we're going to dig deeper into trout later this year. Uh, we're going to have a lot of stuff on flounder in the fall. And I really do believe that we're going to make a big difference in how anglers pr pursue speckled trout. The ones that tune into this are going to learn a lot because I'm learning a lot. And that really is a very, very important thing. And I just want to wrap up with this. Speckled trout are special fish. We have had a hellacious year for speckled trout from the perspective of this major freeze, talking with guides in lower Laguna Madre, upper Laguna Madre, San Antonio Bay, uh, the Aransas complex, got whacked folks. I am releasing all of my trout that are caught this year, and I'll be releasing all the fish over 20 inches for the next couple of years. I would like you to do the same thing, consider doing that, just to help the fishery. Even on like the upper coast, we dodged a bullet for pretty much, but don't just go think, you know what, I'm just going to whack everything this year. We may get hit next year. Weather patterns are changing, and we could get hit the next time. So let's, let's be very conservative with what we keep. And uh, even like going to Lower Laguna Madre on the redfish. Yeah, the redfish got hit down there too, but not as hard as a trout. Let's give some things a break. And I salute CCA for their catch-release stance on Star this year. Uh, nothing wrong with eating fish. I eat fish all the time. But let's be very, let's be very cautious with how we pursue speckled trout. And uh, we can have many more speckled trout sagas in the future. Thank you so much for listening to this series. Uh, we're going to have some other cool stuff coming up real soon on Higher Calling Gulf Coast, Higher Calling Wildlife. Have an epic episode on bears coming up. A lot of fun stuff. Thank you so much for listening, and always email me at chester at chestermore.com. And uh, got a lot of fun stuff coming up on Trout here in the near future. We'll be talking about that. Stay tuned. Keep listening and share with your friends. Higher Calling is brought to you by Texas Fishing Game Magazine, our official sponsor. You can check the online edition out at fishgame.com and also subscribe to their e-newsletter. And if you'd like to me to personally subscribe you to that newsletter, because I actually can do that, you can email me at chester at chestermore.com. Fishgame.com is not only wildlife and fisheries in Texas, but we cover things going on nationwide. And you definitely subscribe to the newsletter. Three updates a week, killer, killer stuff put together by yours truly. Once again, Higher Calling is 
sponsored by Texas Fishing Game Magazine at fishgame.com. You've been listening to Higher Calling Gulf Coast with award-winning wildlife journalist and conservationist Chester Moore. Email him at chester at chestermoore.com. Check out his wildlife writings at highercalling.net and find him at the Chester Moore on Instagram.